0: Live the rest of his life for the Lord. Amen. 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 All right, Luke 5 this evening. Luke chapter 5 this evening. And we'll read in verse 17 down to verse 26 tonight. Luke chapter 5. Good job, girls. Wonderful. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. The Bible said it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Behold men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Men, thy sins are forgiven thee. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up. That were only laid and departed in his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, "We have seen strange things today." Thinking, be seated, our Father. We come to you, Lord, and and uh, Lord, we rest upon you, and the Lord our reliance is in thee tonight. And uh, Lord, don't matter how many times you've stood or how many sermons you've preached. Uh, Lord, you're in bad shape if you get to a place where you don't need the Lord. And thank God I've never got to that place. And Lord, I need you tonight. And uh, I pray you'd help me tonight. And uh, I pray you'd give your people something tonight. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd, Lord, uh, search throughout this crowd tonight. And Lord, if there's somebody lost and undone without God or Son, uh, Lord, I pray they'd get saved. Uh, Lord, tonight, and I pray, God, if there's one here that is saved but somehow or another hadn't ever been able to, uh, Lord, to have enough faith to just tell it and stand on it, God, I pray that you might give that person that faith tonight, uh, Lord, to just uh, confess the Lord Jesus Christ and, and step out on faith, God, I ask tonight. Uh, Lord, bring to my remembrance the things I need to remember tonight, and delete out of my mind those things I don't even need to say. Forgive me of my sins, failures, shortcomings, and uh, which are many. And uh, Lord, I'll be thankful and grateful if you use me at all tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. amen. I want to call your attention to verse twenty-six tonight, where the Bible says, uh, "They said we have seen strange things today." And some of the strangest things you'll ever see happen in a church service. Amen. And some of the strangest things you ever see happen down at the house of God. Uh, the, Lord's, uh, the Lord's work is a strange work. And uh, you, you can't figure it out. And he tells us that in Isaiah 28 and verse 21. He said, For the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Purism. He shall be wrought in the valley of Gibeah that he may do his work, his strange work, the Bible said. Uh, God's work is sometimes a strange work. We as children of God, we sometimes go through strange trials. The Bible said in, uh, in uh, 1 Peter 4 and 12, Behold, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. The world thinks you're strange tonight. I know you think they're strange, and a lot of them are, uh, but they think you're strange tonight. The Bible said in that same chapter in verse 4, it said that wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them uh, to the same excess of right, and so the world, uh, they think you're strange tonight. And in this chapter tonight, the Bible said that uh, when it was all said and done, the service had ended, they said, we've seen some strange things. I've seen some strange things over 41 years uh, of preaching. I've seen some strange things in the house of God. And I remember uh, one time me and uh, my wife, we were going to take a few days of vacation down in the Smoky Mountains, and we uh, were going to cut across a big mountain down there in Crossville and take a shortcut. And a friend of mine pastored there, and we stopped in for a church service. And, and he immediately asked me to preach, and I said, well... I said, I, I really, did, I wanted to hear you tonight. and would nothing do him but for me to preach. And we was waiting for service start. And there's a young uh, couple come in. And uh, a few minutes he come and got me. said, I want you to go outside with me and talk to this, this man. said, so they've had a lot of trouble. And, and I said, I've tried to talk to him. I don't know what to say to him. And so we went out there and talked a few minutes to this young man. He was probably uh, probably 30 year old. And, uh, and I preached that night. And uh, when I got through preaching, he had a little boy and a little girl, and they come forward that night, and they got saved. I can't remember the little girl's name tonight, but I know the little boy's name was Chevy, and I wrote that down in front of my Bible, wrote her name down too, and uh, because I wanted to pray for him because he was having trouble, and uh, them, their mom all come to the altar that night. And uh, anyway, about uh, two weeks after that, Pastor called me, and that fella had murdered. His wife had been planning doing it for a while, and he had murdered his wife. It took him a while to, you know, pin him down, get him caught and everything. But at that time, he was planning to murder his wife. And I thought, man, that's a, that's a strange thing. You know, they come down to the house of God that night, and young boy and young girl, they came to the altar and got saved. Of course, they wound up, mother murdered, dad in prison. Uh, God only knows where they wound up or where they're at tonight. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, the Lord saved them that night, and uh, God, uh, He does things like that, and and here tonight, there's some strange things in this chapter tonight we see here tonight in the Word of God, and, and uh, first of all, we see there's a strange power there, verse 17, the Bible said, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them, uh, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, a healing evangelist or a faith healer or Anything like that, I do believe God heals by faith. Uh, I believe there's any healing done that God does the healing. Uh, but just right up here at the end of the road, there's a little old lady lived over there, and uh, Miss Thomas, and she lived over there, and her husband had died, Otis, and he was a good man. I always saw a lot of him, and, uh, and uh, Christine was his wife and I just went over there to visit one day, and I went over there and knocked on the door, and she come to the door, and she said, I'm so glad to see you. She said, come on in. And I went in, and uh, we visited for a while, and and uh, she said, I'm glad you come by. I said, I want you to pray with me about something. I said, what is it, Miss Christine? She said, well, said I went to the doctor the other day, and he said, I'm going to go blind. And uh, she said, if I go blind, I'll have to go in a nursing home. I can't stay here by myself, and and she said, "I won't be able to read my Bible." And she said, "I want you to pray with me." And I said, "All right." So me and her got down there in the kitchen by the table, and we prayed. And uh, and I went on my way. And uh, in uh, that night, uh, she said she went to bed and said the next morning she woke up and it didn't it her or something was different, but she couldn't remember what it was. And uh, she said she she got up and suddenly she realized that uh, she could see the clock on the wall. And uh, she could uh, she could see the birds outside the window. And uh, she said, she began to cry and just praise the Lord. And she said, Brother Prophet said, uh, I'm so glad that this is a day or two after that. She said, I'm so glad you come by because i got to tell you what happened. And she began to tell me about that. And, and Sister Christine, she said, I tell you, she said, all that morning, she said, I got out of the bed and, and something seemed different. And she said... When it dawned on me, I could see. She said, "Brother Prophet, she's a shouter anyway. Uh, she was wanted. To praise God anyway, yeah. brother. Brother Marty knows her, and some of the others that uh, went to church with us. And she'd get to shouting in a service. And I've seen her many times. She's a little short lady, and she'd get to shouting, and she'd get to walking around with her hands up praising God. Yeah, and uh, I've seen the men. They'd get on each side of her, make sure she didn't fall, but she never did. And she just liked to praise the Lord." Yeah. Well, uh, she said, I just praised God, went through all through the house crying and praising God and thanking God in every room. Amen. And she said, finally it dawned on me, I've got a doctor's appointment this morning. She said, my first thoughts was, I won't go. She said, I won't go because uh, she said, I'm healed. And said, then my second thought was, no, I'm going to go. Said, it seemed like the Lord said, go ahead and let the doctor confirm it. And uh, she went on, said she went in, sat down, a few minutes they called her name, said she went in there, sat down in the doctor's room there and said he got his thing there and said he looked in this eye and he backed up a little bit and looked kind of odd and then he looked in this eye and he backed up a little bit and looked kind of odd and said he raced around and got a chair and pulled up in front of her and said, Sister Christine, tell me about it. Uh, And she said, God heal me. Uh, And as far as I know, that lady never did have no more eye problems from that day on. That's strange. Uh, That's a strange thing. I've been in a lot of places where people have prayed for healing. i prayed for a lot of them myself, and they died. They didn't get better. But that's a strange thing that God would uh, heal that lady like that. Amen. I remember one service we had up in the old building. The preacher's wife come in, uh, and she had hurt her back real bad. She couldn't hardly even move. Uh, and uh, I didn't preach that night, uh, somebody else did, uh, and, uh, but he turned it back over me for the invitation, and God began to move. Uh, and uh, as God began to move, I heard somebody laughing and, and just crying laughing at the same time. Uh, and I looked back there, and that preacher's wife had her hands like this, and she was bending all the way down, raising all the way up, and all the way down, raising all the way up. Uh, and she said, God's healed my back. Uh, and uh, a strange thing, God would do that. But you know, God has a strange power. Amen. Amen. I, uh, he decides where it's going to go and what's going to happen about it. Amen. God's got a strange drawing power. Amen. Amen. Uh, strange drawing power. I remember years ago, up in the old building, we, we didn't have all that many at that time. And we hadn't, I'm not sure we'd even bought the building yet. Uh, but that building up there, Brother Rondell knows, they, when they built it, I guess they done it to, do, to save money and used what they had, but when they, like the wall come down there, they'd be about that much of the block still sticking out at the bottom of it. Uh, and uh, we had about 20 or 30 people, but me and uh, Grover Dean and uh, Roger Barrick and uh, myself, we, we fasted all summer for that upcoming revival. Amen. And uh, we prayed all Uh, summer. We'd we'd pray for an hour every Thursday night and fast uh, uh, so many days every week that God would send us a great revival. And I called uh, Brother Oliver Cowns down to do that meeting and we started that meeting and on uh, Monday night he started. Uh, He couldn't hardly preach. He lost his voice. Uh, uh, He he just was having an awful time trying to preach. Uh, And uh, after that service was over, Brother Grover and and uh, Brother Roger, and they come over and they said, Brother Rick, what's going on? I said, What do you mean? They said, Well, we fasted all summer and prayed all summer and said he couldn't even preach tonight. And I said, Well, I don't know. I said, We just have to wait on the Lord. Well, Tuesday night, handful of people, same thing. I, I struggled, I had a hard time preaching. I, and again, they come to me and said, Brother Rick, what's going on? I said, uh, we done all this praying and, and nobody testified or nothing. I, I said, well, we just have to wait on the Lord. Uh, uh, but on Wednesday night, unbeknownst to me, uh, uh, two or three other churches had canceled their Wednesday night service uh, and they came to our service uh, on that night. Well, it filled that little building up so full... Uh, that some of them had to be in the back Sunday school room where Joy's at. They couldn't even see the preacher. Uh, They could hear him, but they couldn't see him. Uh, Well, Brother Oliver got to preaching that night, and I never will forget what he preached. Uh, uh, He preached on Peter's rooster that crowed. Uh, And uh, back then, we didn't have all this high, uh, sophisticated sound system. We had a little cassette player that uh, you'd just plug in and sit on the pulpit and Brother Oliver, he got preaching in such a big way, uh, uh, he jumped plumb over the altar and the rail that we had and everything, just preaching his his heart out, uh, and uh, he got to hitting the pulpit, and somehow or another, when he hit that pulpit, um, unbeknownst to him, he jammed that recorder. uh, uh, But when he got done preaching, uh, he gave the invitation, he told me afterwards, he said, Brother Prophet, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I said, he said, when I asked how many was there lost, uh, he said, there's so many hands went up, it looked like a wave going all the way. Uh, uh, He said, back to the building, and he thought, well, they misunderstood me. They thought I said, how many saved? Uh, And so he said, I asked them again. He said the same thing. Uh, uh, Hands went up all the way back. Uh, brother Oliver began to give the invitation they began to sing uh, and people began to come out of the Sunday school rooms and off of the blocks where they were yeah. sitting and down the aisle uh, and uh, it was one of the greatest services I was ever in he said it was one of the greatest ones he was ever in uh, but when God got done that night about 10, 30 or 11 o'clock uh, uh, 25 people had been saved in one service uh, uh, and many of them many of them continued and some of them still are here today amen yeah. And and Brother Oliver, as soon as we got done, he come out to the car and we got in the car and he said, Brother Prophet, you got that on tape, didn't you? He said, I want my brother to hear that. All his brothers as preachers. And I said, yeah, we got it. I put that thing in the tape player and where he hit and jammed it, I, it sounded like chipmunks talking. You couldn't even understand him. Amen. I, I said, well, Brother Oliver, God didn't want you bragging about that one. Amen. I, uh, but I'm telling you that that God, uh, uh, sometimes he moves, he got a strange power. Yeah he got a strange drawing power. The Bible said that they were coming here, I mean in verse five, chapter 1 of verse 5, the Bible said the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. That's a strange thing. Uh, now people might press in to hear a gospel singing group. Uh, uh, people might uh, press in for some other kind of thing you had going on down at the house of God that probably oughtn't be going on anyway. Uh Uh, But they don't usually press in to hear the word of God. Uh, But the Bible said they pressed in. And then same thing going on here. Uh, uh, They're pressing in. There's a strange uh, uh, drawing power of the Lord uh, uh, that's drawing people in there. Uh, Strange healing power. Amen. Uh, And then there's a strange hindrance here. Now there's always hindrances. The devil sees to that when you go down the house of God. The sound system don't work or... Uh, you don't have a piano player or the, somebody can't, the song leader got sick. I mean, the devil will hinder in any way he can hinder. But here's one that I never had much of a problem with. The Bible said there's so many they couldn't get them in. Amen. That's strange, amen. That's strange that it would be that way. I, I like God to move. Uh, I know every service can't be like that. If it was then it wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be what we'd call a special service. we'd take it for granted. but I'm glad that God can move sometimes and we can go out of the house of God and say we've seen strange things today. amen I, well they had a problem and now they've got a strange plan for that problem. You say what is it? Well the Bible said they went upon the housetop. Amen, they didn't bring him through the front door. The Bible said they come up with a plan, no doubt God give it to them, uh, and it was a strange plan where they went. They went up on the housetop. Uh, Did you know, did you ever notice that God has strange plans sometimes? Uh, Did you ever notice that God's way is sometimes not your way? Did you ever notice that God doesn't do it the way you thought God should do it or was going to do it? Uh, Uh, God does it in a strange way. Amen. Uh, Now we look here at these men. Think about what they did. Uh, uh, I mean they went up on top of the house. Four men carrying this man up on top of the house. uh, And they got up there and they tore the roof off. uh, The Bible said Uh, And then they begin to to lower this man down into the service. I I mean, they was determined to get this man to Jesus. I wish we had that kind of determination to get people to the Lord. Uh, In our kind of a day, something might happen, amen. Uh, But I see here that they lowered this man down to Jesus. Uh, You know, sometimes people get saved through strange circumstances. Uh, I always liked Doctor Tom Malone. He's dead now, but I always thought he's a great preacher. B.R. Aiken said he was the great, ser- greatest sermonizer of our day and our time. But Tom Malone told about him and his wife one night. They were down uh, uh, sleeping. They were sleeping, I, and his wife said, uh, "I think I heard something downstairs," I, and uh, and woke him up. And and uh, Brother Tom said that they got they his wife woke him up and said, "I." I, I, I think my, I've I had my wife to do that for me before to wake me up and say I think I hear something in there I say won't you go see what it is Amen. Amen. <laughs> Somebody told her today he said you ain't afraid of nothing and uh, so they said really he went down he went down and said he got down there and a man had broken the house And uh, said the guy turned around and seen him, Dr. Tom said he jumped on him and wrestled him down, Uh, and he said the man was getting the best of him, and his wife had come down by then, and she jumped on him, Uh, and uh, him and his wife was wrestling this guy down in the floor, strange thing, Uh, and he said finally they they overcome him, finally they got him uh, set down, finally they got him where he couldn't do nothing, Uh, and uh, they said that uh, Dr. Tom said uh, is early in the morning Dr. Tom said well he said you got two chalices this morning he said what well, do you mean he said well i can call the sheriff and you can go to jail uh, or he said i can uh, he said you can go to church with us here in a little while he said hey, what's one you want to do yeah. and he said the man said i believe i'll go to church yeah. And uh, so they got the man. They went to church that morning. Of course, Dr. Tom was a tremendous preacher, soul winner. And uh, that man, uh, when they give the invitation, that man come down the aisle and got saved. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's strange. Amen. Uh, I don't know. It may not be too strange. If I had the choice of going to jail and getting saved, I think I'd get saved. Amen. Uh, uh, But I want you to know that God does strange things like that. Amen. That's what God does. Uh, uh, Years ago, we first started the church. Over here on Glenview Drive is a little church there. It used to be a church of God. And there was a man that pastored that church. His name was John Paul Henning. Uh, And he was a big man. Uh, uh, Before he got saved, he was a wrestler. And I can remember him standing behind the pulpit, and that pulpit looked like a matchbox in front of him. Uh, He had tracks he carried with him, uh, and the track had a picture of him with his wrestling attire on on the front of it. Uh, uh, in his prime uh, and it said on there Ephesians 6 uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood uh, uh, but with principalities and things like that uh, and Brother Henning told me when he was here that week we fellowshiped he's in heaven tonight but he told me he said uh, uh, he started that church out there and they have started out in a double wide trailer and they got to the other building later but he didn't have no bus driver, he didn't have no song leader, and he's kind of like I was first church. I pastored, I was the teacher, I was the preacher, I was the song leader, I was the usher, I was it all, amen. I I, I was just all there was to be. I, and uh, and that's kind of why I am like I am now. Somebody said, "Preacher, you think you got to do it all?" Well, when you had to do it all for about twenty years, you kind of build that mentality, amen. I, uh, but Brother Henning said that he went to drive the bus and he picked up two little girls. A little girl, and a little boy had been coming uh, and uh, said they came is about two weeks for Easter. And he picked them up, they were all excited when they got on the bus. They were all excited, and they got on the bus, and Brother Henning said, y'all are happy today. They said, we are, preacher. Said, our daddy said he's coming to church with us on Easter Sunday, and we're so happy about it. He said, that Sunday, the next Sunday, them kids, that's all they could talk about was their daddy coming to church. And he said that Easter Sunday morning, he drove the bus down there and he pulled up, and both of them were standing there squalling and crying. And they said, What's wrong? And they said, Our daddy didn't come. Brother Henning said he pushed that bus up in the park uh, and he said, where's your daddy at? And they said, he's down there and in under in under that bridge down there. Uh, Brother Henning said he went down there, all 300 pounds of muscle of him. Uh, he went down there and he walked around. He said there was a little old bitty man hungered up hunkered up, in under the bridge. Uh, and Brother Henning said he walked around and he said, you get out from in under that bridge and you get on that bus and you're going to church with us. Uh, He said that little old man jumped up, run, got on the bus. he said he got down there, he didn't have nobody take up the offer, and he made him an usher that morning. Uh, and the uh, little old man wind up getting saved. Uh, that's strange, you see. Uh, we don't think God does strange things anymore. We got God boxed up. We got God. You got to do it this way. Uh, uh, this is the only way you can do it, because this is the independent Baptist way. It's got to be done this way. Uh, uh, we need to get God out of the box uh, and let God be God. Amen. Uh, i let God do it the way that God wants to do it. Amen. I, God has strange plans. Don't you think it's a strange plan when you're going to take a city to just circle around it seven times and blow a horn. Nobody say nothing to the last time around. Don't you think that's strange? Don't you think it's strange to get ready to go to battle and Go to war, and you got about 2,000 people, and God said, That's too many of them. Send them back. That's too many of them. God said, How many of you are afraid? And they must have been Baptists. about all left. Had about half of them left, and God said, You still got too many. God said, I'm going to test them for you. God said, Take them down there to the river. And God said, everyone that just gets down there and laps up like a dog, He said, send them home. And that was all but about 300 of them. Right. And the rest of them got down there and they got their water in their hand and they looked like this and that's the ones God wanted. You say, why? Because they was drinking and watching. Right. They were drinking and watching. God said, there's your 300. Yeah. He took them 300 and gives a man a dream about a biscuit uh, that night. I... And he told them, said you take, you take lanterns and a trumpet and he said there's going to be 300 of you put 100 of you on this side 100 of you on that side and 100 of you on that side. And he said when I say the word blow the trumpet and break your lantern. And so they blowed the trumpet and they all shouted the sword of the Lord and Gideon and they broke their lantern and a light flashed and great noise everywhere. and They won the battle. It's strange how God does things. First Chronicles twenty and twenty. God's they're going to battle, and uh, God tells the king, "Said all right. Said here's what you need to tell him. Said get all you singers, yeah. praisers, and get them up there in the front. Yeah. Yeah, man. You mean in front of the soldier? Yep. Get all of them up there. You mean in front of the people? salt Yep. Get your praisers up there." You got them all up there and they begin to march, and the Bible said they begin to say, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Uh, praise the Lord! Begin to sing, Amen. Uh, uh, why, it's so confused the enemy that they begin to drop dead and run off and everything else, uh, and uh, they won the battle, Amen. Uh, uh, somebody said, Can God win a battle with singing? God can win a battle with anything God wants to win a battle with, Amen, because He's God, Amen. Uh, There's a strange plan there. Amen. Uh, And then there's some strange people here. Look at verse 21. The scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason. That's, That's strange. I know they're kind. I've seen them over the years. They begin to reason. And it's so strange because they're scribes and Pharisees. They write the law, study the law, supposed to know the law. And it's strange what they say. They say, Who is this? That's strange. You've been studying Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 9 and Micah 5, and you don't know who this is? Amen. Did you know that you can know the Word of God and not know the God of the Word? He said, The world's full of people like that. They got so much knowledge, it's puffed them up. They're smarter than God, amen. Or at least they think they are. But they were, they were strange that they studied the Scriptures all the time, didn't even know who God was. Well, I preached to people over in West Virginia, in Virginia, in the mountains over there, them little old mountain churches over there in North Carolina, and them people couldn't read their name in boxcar letters. They couldn't even write their name, but they knew who God was. Uh, amen. They, they had met the Lord. They knew who the Lord was. Uh, that's strange that these people are supposed to be the, the upstanding leaders in the church. They, they don't even know who Jesus is. Uh, strange. The Bible said they begin to reason among themselves. They said, uh, who is this? And they said, uh, they can't nobody... Uh, they can't nobody forgive sins but God alone. That's him standing in front of you, stupid. But they didn't know who he was. They began to reason. How can God do this? I've been in services where afterwards people come up and say, how could God do that? Because he's God. He can do anything he wants to do. Amen. Uh, he don't have to ask you. He don't have to get permission from me. He can do it any way he wants to do it. Amen. Uh, We might get back having church again if we'd get that mentality. But he's God. Their reaction strange. They said who can forgive sins but God? Well you'd think they'd be happy to see somebody get their sins forgiven. Amen. You'd think people would be happy to see somebody get saved. But I usually always one or two in the crowd that They began to reason in their self and how could God do that? Because He's God. He can do it any way He wants to do it. They said, who can forgive sins but God? God just got through forgiving this man's sins. Amen. Amen? Then they said, there's a strange silence, sir. When Jesus said what He said, He said, your hearts. The Bible said in verse 22, when Jesus perceived, I used to think that was a strange thing there until after I pastored for 40 years. I used to think, how did the Lord know what they are thinking? Oh, I've seen, I knew what a lot of people thinking in a church service before, before they ever said a word. I mean, I've been up there preaching and look back there and go like this. I knew what they're thinking. I've I've been up there preaching, and I've seen them do like this. I knew what they're thinking. They didn't tell me, but I knew what they're thinking. I've seen them jump up and stop out the church and go out the back door. I didn't. I didn't take a. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know they're mad. Amen. Amen. I mean, Jesus looked at them and they're whispering to each other. They're reasoned and whispering to each other. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus said, He said, why do you reason in your hearts? It's one thing to reason in your head. It's one thing to say something with your head. But when you say it with your hearts, you're getting in trouble. You're like the You're like the little boy that worked in the barber shop, and his job was to shine shoes, a black boy. And they said a big rich man come in there, plantation owner, and he sat down, and the little boy's shining his shoes, and they got a religious discussion going on, which they usually do in a barber shop if you stay long enough. My old math teacher, Frank. Taylor, he used to tell us in the seventh grade, he said you can go to the barber shop and get the answer to any question you want. He said there's only one problem, it's the wrong answer. Amen. A lot of truth to that. But that little boy shining his shoes and that big old man sitting there and he kept saying, There is no God. There is no God. There is no God. And that little black boy took all of it he could have, and he looked up at him. He said, "Mister," uh, he said, "the Bible says uh, uh, that the fool has said in his uh, fool has said there is no God. Fool has said in his heart there is no God, and you done went and blabbed it out of your big mouth." Amen. I, I want you to know. Listen. I want you to know that, that they' some people that, that they, they always talk when they shouldn't talk and, and they, they never uh, they're, they're silent when they should say something and they're talking when they should shut up. amen. I, the Bible said he reasoned uh, Jesus said what he said and you don't read one more word. Strange silence. Amen. Strange silence. Strange, strange people. You meet some strange people in Baptist churches. I think I don't say much for y'all, does it? I've met some strange birds over 40 years. And I guess these people think I'm strange, and I guess I am. I ain't as strange as they was, though. These were some strange people here. And then the Lord He does a strange thing. He gives a strange prescription. You say what does he say? He said, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. That's strange. Man been sick for a long time. Uh, no doubt man been different places. And a man physically sick had to be carried to church, had to be let down through the roof. That's a strange thing. And you'd think Jesus would say, uh, what's wrong with you? You got polio or palsy? Or, or what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Are you paralyzed from waist down? What's wrong with you? Jesus didn't say none of that. Jesus said, thy sins are forgiven thee. You know why Jesus did that? Number one, to show you that spiritual healing is more important than physical healing. It's good to get physically healed, but if you get physically healed, unless Jesus comes and the rapture takes place, you're going to get sick and die again. But if you get spiritually healed, if you get saved spiritually from the worst worst sickness there is, the sickness of the soul, you ain't going to get sick no more. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to the man, he said, said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now there's another thing about that. Sometimes people's sickness is connected with their sins. The reason some people have ulcers and stomach problems is because they've been mad at somebody for 30 years. They've had bitterness and strife and grief and envy they've been dealing with for 40 years. That little root of bitterness has done grown up and it's defiling many now. Really? And, and it's tied with their sickness, amen. Uh, uh, Why well you take that fella has got cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, you could probably in many cases, not every case, but in many cases his sickness is tied with the fact that he has drunk a liquor year after year after year and that's what causes sickness. Why you take that fellow that's got lung cancer or COPD. Uh, uh, his problem is that for many, many years he sucked on cigarettes uh, uh, and that's what his problem is. Uh, and uh, the preacher was telling him that you need to give it up. Uh, the doctor was telling him, you need to give it up. Uh, it's always amazed me about every time I ever preached that or told anybody that they got mad at me. Uh, and the same people who go down to the doctor's office walk in there and the doctor say you need to give them cigarettes up and they'll thank him pat him on the back and write him a check for a hundred dollars strange thing strange thing see the problem he had was connected with his sins all sickness is connected with sin really Uh, I'm not saying you're uh, if you got some kind of illness tonight I'm not saying it's all due to your sickness but all sin come from the garden was well, nobody sick till sin got into the world did you ever notice Jesus never got sick did you ever notice Jesus never got a fever did you ever notice that Jesus he never had to go see a physician he was the physician amen. you know why he didn't have no sin amen. amen you see Adam didn't have no problem after sin Eve didn't have no problem after sin all sin runs back to the garden the reason I got this diabetes, the reason some of you got what you got, COPD or heart trouble or whatever it might have, the reason some of you got it is because we're living in a world that's under a curse. Amen. The whole world's cursed. Our bodies are cursed. Yeah, amen. That's why we have this stuff. And this man, Jesus, is a physician. and He knows just exactly what pill this man needed. He needed the gospel. Amen. You know, you know what would would take care of a whole lot of people's problems. They'd just swallow that gospel. Amen. Amen. That, that'd be the one that, that'd help them. That'd be one that'd take care of what their problem is. Strange prescription that Jesus gives him. Was he say? Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And then there's a strange performance. You say, where's that at? Verse 25, the Bible said immediately he arose up. Yeah. For a man that had to be carried to church, for a man that had to be carried on a stretcher by four other men... That's a strange thing for Jesus to ask him, tell him to do. Man, take up your bed. Walk. You say, what is it? I'd say that took some faith, don't you? If you ever get saved, it'll take some faith. If you think God's going to pave the road all the way and you're going to know right where you're stepping every step of the way uh, you're thinking wrong because whatever God's doing, whatever God's doing, if He's calling you to preach, uh, if God is sending you as a missionary if God is leading you to be a Sunday school teacher, if God is leading you to be a deacon or a trustee, whatever God, whatever God leads you to do He never shows it all the way He always leaves a little space that you have to exercise faith. He always leaves a little place that you can't feel nothing in under you. You say, why is that? Because God operates by faith. God operates by faith. You can't please God without faith. Uh, The just is supposed to live by faith. Everything that God wants us to do, we have to do it by faith. Amen. He starts it out right in the Bible. He said, in the beginning, God. And if you don't have enough faith to believe that, ain't no use of God much farther. Amen. Amen. Man, I asked me one time, out at the factory one time, I'd been arguing with him three days, reasoning with him, whatever you want to call it. And he said, well, well tell me this. He said, what was God doing before Genesis 1? I said, making hell for people that didn't believe He was there. Amen. Amen. You always got to have some faith there. God ain't going to let you feel everything. Let me give you a little help here. The older you get in the Lord, you'll find this to be true. The older you get in the Lord, you're going to have less feeling. You say why? Because God expects you to grow in faith and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to you don't have to feel everything. You just gotta read it in that book that God says do it. And whether you feel anything or not, you just do it by faith. Amen. You just do it by faith. Amen. I sure don't feel like preaching every time I get up here. You say, What do you get up there for? Because He called me and that's what I'm supposed to do. That's a step of faith. And I find out when I do it, I find out God honors it. Amen. I don't feel like I'm saved every morning I get up. Some mornings I don't even feel like I'm saved, Brother Marty, going by my feelings. But I ain't going by my feelings. I'm going by that book right there. And my feelings change. But that book says the exact same thing tonight. It said when God gave it. God's word don't change. You say, well I just can't feel anything. Why don't you to try believing something? A lot of people want to see stars and hear angels and music and and they want to have all that and they ain't even believed God yet. It's been my experience that most of that stuff happens after you believe God. Amen. The Bible says that it was a strange performance here. Verse 25. The Bible said, and immediately he rose up before them. You say, how did he do that? By faith. Jesus told him he could do it and so he guessed he believed he could. Amen. Amen. I certainly didn't believe I could preach. Somebody said, you can't. I didn't believe I could preach. And Gay's mother there, all my family, none of my family believed I could preach. You say, why? Because I didn't say anything for 20 years. You say, why not? I got five sisters. They never would shut up. I had some things to say, but I just couldn't get in. Amen. But when I announced my call to preach and I preached my first sermon, I had family members come from everywhere. You say, what they come for? Support? No, I think they come to thinking, he can't do that. And Gay, the first time Joan comes, she got so tore up. When she saw me preach, she got so tore up. You say, why? That's a strange thing to see me up there screaming and yelling and talking for 35 minutes. You say, 35 minutes? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Hey, strange force, Strange reversal in the performance. The Bible said they come carrying him on a couch. And now Jesus, Jack, Jesus said, take your couch up. He came to church carrying the couch and now he goes home. The couch was carrying him on the way to church and now he's going home and he's carrying the couch. Amen. That's strange. man come to church on his couch. Well, I think there's some out there if we get them to come to church we're going to have to bring their TV, their bed, their couch, and their recliner. Amen. I preached that one time. The man and them went out somewhere way out west singing and she sent me a picture there. And lo and behold, there was a man sitting in church in a recliner. Amen. I said, there he is. There he is. Strange, strange reversal. But you know, when you come to church lost, you get saved while you're there. There's a strange Reversal. Isn't it amazing how that when you get saved, you immediately start loving things you never loved? That's right. amen. You start desiring things you never desired. Yeah. You start wanting to go places you would fight not to go there. Strange reversal, amen. I think as old Dr. Lakin said when he got saved back years ago and he was a boy and he worked in a logging camp and he'd worked two mews pulling logs and he said that night, after he got saved that night, he went to work that next morning and he said that he wasn't cussing the mews and kicking the mews and calling them name and he said he could almost see one old mew look over at the other one and say, wonder what happened to him last night. Amen. Yeah. You might kick the dog before you leave home and go back and hug him up. Amen. Strange reversal in this matter. Strange reversal in His performance. God's ways are strange. Some people have got God all figured out. They say this is the way God's got to do it, and this is when He's got to do it, and this is how He's got to do it. they got Him all figured out. You're a smart person if you've got God all figured out. I tell you, I've read this Bible through several times over the last 40 years. And I think it's on about my 50 or 55th birthday that I thank God for letting me live to be 55 holding a Bible in my hand. And I said, God, I'm sorry that I ain't learned no more of this Bible than what I have in the last 25 or 30 years, God. Because, Brother Mike, it seems like the more I read, the less I know, and every time I get something figured out, God said, "What about this verse here?" That's what He does, y'all. Amen. And let me tell you something: It's a man or a woman in bad shape. You say, "Well, I believe that all my life." It's a man or a woman in a bad shape that that Bible can't change you. I don't care who believed it. I don't. They say, "Well, my preacher preached it to me this way." Maybe a preacher. Maybe he was wrong and didn't know it. I I know what I've had to do with a with a whole lot of my sermons. You say why? Because I learned as I went along. God showed me some truths as I went along. You say, would you change? Don't you care what people think? No, I don't care what people think. I'm praying every day of my life not to be intimidated by anybody except God. Strange. Reversal took up his couch. Strange. The Bible said they were all amazed. That's the word nowadays, you know everything's amazing Get a cup of co- that's amazing coffee. That was amazing McDonalds hamburger. It ain't amazing. They've made over a billion of them. Amazing. I tell you what's amazing, God's amazing grace. Amen. Now there's something that's amazing. God's amazing grace that God would love sinners like us. Amen. i like to go to church and be amazed, wouldn't you? Not amused. Amazed. At the power of God. To see God do some strange thing that nobody could figure out and all they could do is stand there and shake their head and they... If finally get where they can say something, they say that had to be God. Amen. Only God can Everybody. do that. Good Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for your blessing.